0: happy saturday everybody it's finally the weekend well welcome to episode 18 of the daughter and pops podcast today we'll be going over the three WNBA games um what happened the other night in the nba which is pretty crazy and like maybe even some golf at the end so let's get right to it i've also got pops here with me today
1: good morning everyone hope you're having a great weekend we hope to give you some insights so that you can have even a better weekend.
0: Yes. Well, we're already 18 episodes through. It's pretty crazy. So, let's get right to it. First off, we have the Washington Mystics who are 3 and 6 versus the Las Vegas Aces who are 7 and 2.
1: So, 3 and 6 and 7 and 2. Yeah. All true. You know what else would be true? What? Thank you for asking, Tati. <laughs> the Aces They've won six straight games during their 7-2 okay. and two stretch for the year. The Mystics, lost they've season. lost six straight games. That How about sense. that? It's crazy. Washington Mystics, the defending champs, the Eastmans.
0: <laughs>
1: These teams met uh, just over a week ago. Well, actually about ten days ago.
0: All of them did. Right,
1: and <laughs> Las Vegas, they were the underdog. And they won 83 to 77. The lines aren't currently out as we're taping this. I would expect that this line would flip-flop and Las Vegas would probably be favored by about four or five points. That's my projection. Um, You know, at some point the pendulum swings the other way. Um, Meaning Washington at some point is going to win some games. We weren't as high on them as some people were Um, But I believe, I believe this is a a banged up team to say the least Um, Yes. And a lot of times that's what title runs do to you You know, look what happened to the Warriors Granted, that's after multiple NBA titles Um, You know, honestly, this is a tough game for me The aces are the team that's doing better currently but that's going to flip-flop at some point. Whether or not that happens today with the MASH unit as the Mystics, I really don't know. I'd be real interested to see what you have from a DFS standpoint, especially with all the Mystics injuries, Tati.
0: Yeah, so for the Mystics, they only have two, four, six, seven players, and Shea Petty is questionable. So with that being said, it's going to be like two players on the bench and... Five players playing, obviously. So it's going to be a tough game from that for them. Last time they played, I know that Emma Meesman got the most amount of minutes at 33, and she scored 24 points with those 33 minutes. So we all know that she is the star for the Mystics currently. Um, another player that played well was Leilani Mitchell. She got 31 minutes and scored 11 points. She's 7,300 today. She's the lowest one with the, like, second most amount of minutes. So, I feel like from the minute standpoint, I would take her. Um, you also have Myesha Hines-Allen, who played 29 minutes and scored 18 points. She's 9,600, though. I still don't really like her. I feel like she's too high and never really exceeds to the uh, amount of fantasy points we need her to get to.
1: You know, I think it's... Uh... I think the Mystics, anyone on the Mystics, is a good play today, yeah. minus her, because that is a high salary, just because there's just so few bodies. And Here's a question for you. When you're playing in your AAU games, do you change the way you play if there's only one or two people on the bench as opposed to five or six?
0: Well, no, not really, because you're still used to playing as a team, except for the fact of the conditioning part, because with the AAU, if one of my players, uh, one of my teammates aren't very well conditioned, then they'll probably end up starting on the bench. So yes so yes and no.
1: Okay. It, does it affect you as far as how you play defense from fi- the foul perspective or no? No. Okay.
0: I still play hard. <laughs> I hope so. Um, moving on to the aces real fast. Everybody knows Asia Wilson's like the star. In my opinion, she'll probably be MVP. She's been going off this year so far. So she's 11,000 today. I feel like she usually gets to around 40, 45 fantasy points. So I feel like she's a decent pick. Um, Another another one is Kayla McBride. She's starting to get back into her comfort zone and find where she was at at the um, last part of last year. (laughs) Um, So, she's starting to go off a little bit more. Last time they played, she got 25 minutes, and she scored 14 points. Today, she's 6,700. I feel like last game, she played even better. So, I like her for today. Um, Another one is Angel McCautry. She played 25 minutes, got 13 points. She's 8,700 today. So I like those two, Kayla McBride and Angel McCautry,
1: Dang. and Asia Wilson. <laughs> who, who haven't you mentioned?
0: I haven't mentioned DeErica Hamby. Oh, okay. Or D'Erika Hamby, eight thousand two hundred today. She played thirty-two minutes last game and got twelve points, okay. and I think thirteen boards too. So that's,
1: that's that's getting it done. Yeah, it is. How about we turn that page?
0: Okay. Yeah, for the Aces, everybody's been getting it done. That's true. Next up, we have the Los Angeles Sparks, who are 6-3, and three, versus the Indiana Fever, who are 4-5. and five. Last time they played each other, LA won 86-75.
1: Good point. They did. What I find interesting is they were a 7.5-point favorite in that game, and I expect it to be about the same when these lines come out. By the way, you guys, if you knew what time Tati was waking up on the weekends to tape these shows, you'd think there was something wrong with her. <laughs> So that said, I expect minus eight minus eight and a half um, LA playing pretty good three straight they've covered for those of you that know that five straight games. not surprised just because they've uh, th- their offense is really coming together. on the flip side Indiana for those of you that know such a thing <laughs> the spread however the game however fever games have ended straight up meaning no points just straight up win or loss has been exactly the same way they have finished when it comes to the point spread so every uh all their games so far in the in the Wubble have ended up Wubble. the same way in other words the spread doesn't matter so if that's the case if you like LA to win this game you would you would project that they would cover the spread uh, and that's what I'm talking about as it relates to the fever um additionally LA they have covered five like i said the five straight games um odds makers they know these things they know people follow trends and stuff so if anything i would try to find a way to back indiana just based on the last couple things that i've said um trends while favorable uh it's hard for them to stay the same way the entire time um so i'd be leaning towards indiana if anything um how about you tati
0: Okay, well, it's gonna. I've been leaning towards Sydney Weiss the last couple games. Okay. I know that she's been starting and she's been playing pretty well. I'm actually gonna stay away from her today because she is a big going against Indiana, who's mostly a bigger team. So I am gonna stay away from her today. I do know that Raquana Williams has been going like. Uh, Asia Wilson on (laughs) him. Um, she got. What was it? She got twenty minutes last game and played and got thirteen points. She's seven thousand four hundred today. Who would have known that Chelsea Gray would be seven thousand eight hundred today? Pretty um, crazy.
1: I'm I mean yeah, I guess so, huh? Especially the fever, they have, you know, from a points per game standpoint, they got the second worst defense. So we got the second or third best offense going against the second or third worst, worst defense. defense. You'd think that would favor LA.
0: Exactly. So Chelsea Gray got 25 minutes last game, got 16 points. Candace Parker, 24 minutes and 18 points. Simone Augusta, uh, no Marie Gulich, she got quite a few minutes at 17. So I feel like LA Sparks, it's gonna be like an all-around game from them. Not anybody's gonna score like way higher than the other person. I feel like they're all gonna be pretty much in the same boat. Um, for the Fever, Kelsey Mitchell last game got 35 minutes and 24 points. When I say last game, I'm talking about the last time they played each other, by the way. And who was the other one? Candace Dupree at 8,400. She played 29 minutes and got 16 points. A player that I I don't really like when it comes to today's matchup is Julie Alleman. She's their starting point guard. And I feel like she's not. She might get in foul trouble going against Chelsea Gray, and if Chelsea Gray and or Raquana Williams is guarding her, I don't think she'll be able to like get around them. Speaking of which, last game she played twenty nine minutes and only got six points. So obviously that did show in the last game.
1: Dang, that's a lot of information, Tazi. <laughs> did, did you go? To, did you go to sleep last night?
0: No, not really, honestly. <laughs>
1: okay, so two questions. Does L.A. get to 90 points in this game? Yes. Okay, second question. Just based on the way you say her last name, because I don't know her that well, okay? I don't, does, does, how? Do, what does Gulish dress up at for Halloween?
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: Do you know what the word ghoulish means? No. you have to look it up after the show.
0: Oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> Okay, let's flip the page on that. Then, next up we have the New York Liberty, who are one and eight, versus the Minnesota Lynx, who who are six and three. Last game, oh my goodness, the Lynx won ninety-two to sixty-six.
1: I'm gonna take a wild guess that the final score today is closer than the last time.
0: Closer than the last game. Okay. That's about all I can say, though.
1: <laughs> you know, you got. New York, points per game-wise, the the worst offense right now in the WNBA. And we can understand why. Against Minnesota, who currently has the second-best defense points per game. We know that the Liberty are young. And honestly, in some ways, the Lynx have some younger players, too. Yes, they do. But it's just, it's just different. Um, I will say, though, the Liberty, even though they've been struggling, they've been from a uh, uh, against the point spread they've actually been very competitive in their last four or five games so in a lot of ways that can be a telling statement um that maybe they're, they're getting closer to outperforming the normal type of expectations however i'm starting to believe that this lynx team is for real so anytime they're coming off of a loss i'm looking for a way to back them in the next game so you know they they uh, I believe they lost to the uh, Aces in their last game by 10 but I think that game I don't know uh, we watched the second half of that game and you know I, every time I watch the Lynx I'm impressed by them so
0: yeah
1: um, you know if you look at the last couple games that the Lynx have played uh, you know they've they played the Sparks they played the Mystics which obviously they're having a tough time and then the Aces so that's that's some good teams right there, minus the situation with the Mystics. So, yeah, um, I'd be looking for ways to back the Lynx just based on current fo- situations um, coming off that loss. But the Liberty, I think, I'm not saying they're turning the corner, but I think they're starting to get accustomed to what it's like to play together with this young team.
0: Okay, well, for the Lynx, I feel like the reason they lost their last game is because Odyssey Sims came back. Oh,
1: ouch. (laughs) Tati, that's usually the kind of statements that I make. (laughs) But that's good. I like it. I can... Oh, man. You just went in on Odyssey.
0: Well, I do like Odyssey Sims, but she's coming back like her first game. It messes up their rotations, the minutes, how they've been playing with each other. Yep. In my opinion, that's why they lost, because they're not used to having her playing. Um, Speaking of Odyssey Sims, she's 6,900 today. Her... I don't want to say her first real game because she played last game, but like her first, her second game coming in. Um, obviously Sylvia Fowles is out for today. The person who got those minutes last game was Bridget Carlton against the Liberty. She played 33 minutes and got 25 points. I'm pretty sure it was her career high. Um, So her, and then Kayla Alexander and going against the Aces, I know that she played like a 9-10 to minute stretch, and she played really well in that. So I feel like she could do something today at 3,800. Nafisa Collier, 10,000 today. I I do think that she wins that matchup against Amanda Zowie B.
1: Zowie B. (laughs) By the way, 3,800, you don't have to do much of anything to clear four or five X, right?
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So that's, that's interesting there, man. I would say, sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt you, but <laughs> these three games, just based on injuries and, and teams, um, there's going to be some sleepers that are going to they're gonna yes. show out today for sure.
0: For sure. And for the Liberty, I know that Liana Odom at 5,200 last game got 28 minutes and 10 points. So, decent stat for her. Um, Kia Nurse at 6,800, 25 minutes, 10 points. And Amanda's that would be at 9,324 minutes, 13 points. There was only three players that got over double digits. So, I don't know. I honestly am going to stay away from the Liberty today because I just don't really know what they're going to do. And just about each time a different young player steps up.
1: So, so let's touch on that. The Liberty, obviously, minus Sabrina, that's been a tough injury for them. But they weren't going to make the playoffs this year. If you listened to our season preview 18 episodes, like 17 episodes ago, you would know that we were not high on them. So while it's a horrible thing for Sabrina to go through, from an organizational standpoint, it's opened up minutes for other players and opportunities so that they've, you know, I guess you could say... They've gotten their feet wet a little bit more like Odom, who you mentioned a decent bit on the podcast. (laughs) If if Sabrina's playing, even though they play different positions, it still opens up minutes. Um, And so some of these players are getting extra um, experience that wouldn't otherwise have been there. And I think long-term, that'll serve the Liberty well.
0: For sure, I agree with that. Because then they'll learn how to play with and without a star player
1: we got to remember these people are human beings so when you hear a big name player is back you just automatically think oh wow now they're gonna just add 25 points to the final score like and it's Sims. gonna be real easy they're gonna be great but a lot of times people don't look at the flip side of that like you alluded to just a few minutes ago is okay now that messes up the rotations Every one of of us that's human has feelings and emotions, so now we might get less playing time and then different types of pressures, and then, of course, the chemistry standpoint. Usually, if you watch SportsCenter, if you watch all these other shows, you don't hear about these things. You just hear about, oh, they're back, oh, great, they're going to be wonderful. Um, So that's what we're here for, so good work, Tots.
0: Thank you. Well, let's go on to what happened in the NBA. What was that, yesterday or two um, days ago? Yeah, that was like two days ago, I
1: think. Okay, a couple days ago. So I'm assuming you're going to talk about the, yeah. the playoff <laughs> yeah. matchups and just uh, the, those finals, that final spot in the West. Is that what you're going to talk yes. about? Yes. All right, go ahead. You start.
0: Okay, well, in the Suns-Mavericks game, I know that they won uh, like 126 to like 102. Um, so that was they played really great. They went eight and zero in the bubble. I saw that there was like a zero point zero three two six percent chance that the Suns would go eight and zero. Well, and that they'd go
1: eight and zero, that they'd make the playoffs. That
0: they'd go eight and zero. Gotcha. So that was it's pretty crazy. That's a crazy stat that they beat.
1: What was the percentage again?
0: Zero point zero three two six.
1: Three of a three tenths of a hundred of a chance. So...
0: I think my way is easier pretty to Pretty small. Say. <laughs> pretty small. And they still didn't make the playoffs slash play-in game.
1: So let me ask you about the quote that uh, Devin Booker, or Kevin Hooker, said.
0: <laughs> Kevin Hooker. Yeah. That was pretty he hilarious. He
1: said, and I want you to explain to me, as a 13-year-old young lady, what this quote means to you. Okay. We didn't come into the bubble trying to go undefeated we did not try to win have an eight-game winning streak all we tried to do is win one game eight times
0: well that means that they took it one step at a time for me they focused on one game once it was over they focused on the next game so Mm -hmm. i don't want to say it was baby steps but it was one step at a time
1: couldn't agree more I, i agree okay back to you
0: okay So then, next up was the Nets Portland game. So we, I think, just about everybody was cheering for the Nets, except for for the Nets, except for maybe my trainer and (laughs) Joshua V.
1: (laughs) Joshua V. If you're listening to this part of the podcast, I want you to know that you really upset Tati, and and that might be the first time you've actually ever upset her. And um, she, I want you to know that this morning, in the early, early hours of Saturday morning, she's still upset with you.
0: <laughs> you didn't have to say that. <laughs> so the Nets hung right with them the whole time. Honestly, I was nervous that when the Portland, when like Dame Doll hit like three threes in a row, that they were gonna um, back off and like start to lose it. But they came back up and hit like three threes right back at them. So they hung right with them. In my opinion, in that last play, um, I don't exactly remember their coach's name. Do you remember?
1: Jacques Vaughn.
0: Yeah, he should have called a timeout though to set up the play. Cause honestly, um, Karis Lavert shouldn't have shot a step back jump shot. Cause he hasn't. He didn't even. Sh- I think she only shot like one or two of those all game. So I disagreed with that. I think he should have drove to the basket and at least um, gone up because it, it would have been a foul. Um, yeah. So because of that, Portland gets to go into the playoffs, unfortunately. But if I did want one other team going into the playoffs besides the Suns, it would probably be Portland.
1: I agree with that. And let's not forget, um, in the All-Star game this past this, this last season, Seems like so long ago, but it was this season. You know, Devin Booker didn't technically make it, and then Dame Dollar gave a lot of love and respect towards Booker, who yes. then got invited. So they're actually, you know, fairly close. A uh, so that's interesting there. Um, for the Suns, I mean, obviously an unbelievable bubble experience. Uh, I know people know that we're in the. Out west, so they're gonna automatically assume that we're being homers <laughs> just towards Phoenix, and but I mean, that's not true. Who, who anyone that's a fan of basketball, uh, in who? in an underdog stories, uh, had to appreciate and respect what the Suns were doing, and we're no different. We're we're human. Um, Portland, I mean,
0: they're a great geez, team.
1: They they that's a, it, assuming that they move on from the play in. Uh, games and they actually face the lakers dude i'm not sure the lakers really want that that's probably the last team that they wanted to face um so that's going to be an interesting eight versus one yes. matchup again that's assuming portland does get by memphis
0: and i'm pretty sure they will
1: ah uh, i think they will but i think it might take them a little bit longer than what most people think um that's going true. back to the nets uh the specific situation that you're talking about with portland um We were screaming for the Nets to call timeout before the shot actually happened, so I don't want you guys to think that we're just playing armchair quarterback here. We actually thought they should have called it, and and here's why: the Nets—they're a really, they're pretty much a—they're a young team, and Portland—they can't stop anybody. They—I mean, all anyone's gonna talk about is what Dame's doing, and you know the the fact that the team's playing well. But dude, they can't stop anybody. Defensively, they can't stop anybody. Uh-uh. So if if the Nets would have called timeout, rest assured that they would have been able to get the ball inbounded because Portland doesn't play defense. So why not? Now at this moment, I don't remember if the Nets had a timeout. So if they didn't, they did. Okay. So there's to me, there's no reason why they didn't. Because the other thing is, I think that they could have had Tyler Johnson in the game. Uh, he was he was, he was a difference shot. maker in that game. And he's able to create. I think that you have him in the game. I think you have Karis Levert, maybe a little screen action, rolling towards the basket. And if he doesn't get it, he's got Tyler Johnson on one side for the kickout shot, and then he has Joe Harris on the other side. I think that would have been a better situation. I think we could have got a better shot than a step back twenty-one footer.
0: <laughs> yeah, but hey, I agree. that
1: said, the Nets are no joke. You no. know, they've done some big things so far in the bubble and i'm rooting for them i'm a jock Von jock von fan to begin with so uh i'm not going to judge him just on, on this one split second decision um so so yeah so i know we kind of went off on a soapbox moment so you know playoff matches or uh, matchups are up i know that in our next podcast we'll be breaking those down yes. but why don't we touch on today's play in game and let's talk about portland and memphis you have any thoughts on that game
0: well, in my opinion, I feel like it's both. It's gonna be a closer game than everybody thinks it's gonna be because Memphis is fighting to go into the spot into um, the playoffs as well. So they're not just gonna let Portland or Damian Lillard just blow them out. You know what I mean?
1: No, I do know what you mean. And from an athletic standpoint, John Morant, there's a lot of comparisons to to Dame. Yes. And, and then mentally, uh, competitive-wise, uh, John Morant is sort of like Dame. And, and there's not many people that can say they're sort of like Damon anyway. Um, the other thing is what I just got done talking about. Portland, uh, they're not playing defense. I don't even know if Carmelo knows what defense is unless <laughs> he's wearing the Team USA jersey. So I can easily see. Just because Memphis lost some of their players, right? And you can also talk about maybe that's another part of the reason to this whole podcast today is it's next man up. You know, these guys are still professionals at the end of the day. They're going to relish their opportunity. Um, for Memphis, Brandon Clark. Here's a guy. He's going to he's going to do his thing today. I think if there's a breakout player from today's game, it's Brandon Clark. I think he's going to go nuts. I project him to get, a, you know, an easy double-double. Tati's double, getting out her pen right now. I'm going to guess that Brandon Clark has at least 18 points. And more importantly, he's going to grab at least 13 rebounds.
0: 13 boards who is this brandon clark brandon
1: Clark. Yep. formerly san jose state back in the day for those of you that know now one other thing of you know because again almost everyone's going to be on portland here but first off they don't play defense and <laughs> then secondly how with the games that the blazers have played in the bubble how much energy have they had to expend Ex, you know how, how far they extended themselves physically to even be in this spot, and yeah. so again, they're human beings, they're gonna be tired. I could have sworn in that fourth quarter, the Blazers looked like they were dying out there. And, and
0: didn't um, the announcer say that CJ McCollum had like a broken bone in his back?
1: Yes, he does. And if you watched him shoot three pointers, you could tell that he's got a problem, um, and then. Also, Gary Trent Jr. had five fouls in that game. Carmelo, I don't play defense. Anthony had five fouls in that game. And, and the pace of these games, are they're just up and down so much. And Memphis is going to come into this game with nothing to lose. And yeah. let's not forget, for 99% of the season, Memphis was the far better team than Portland. Yes, things have come together for Portland, no doubt. But if for any of you that think this is going to be a walkover for them... It's not gonna it's not. be. I would love nothing more for Memphis just to just push that pace. If Memphis comes to this game, this with the same mentality and the same game plan that the Nets showed in the in in the most recent game, Memphis will win this game. So I'm okay. saying this is gonna be a one possession game, and I'm I'm really excited for it. And I I, I'm I think the fact that it's it. a it's an early start, so this is not a late night game. You know, and Portland would love to have an extra six, seven hours of recovery time. But this is a midday game. So we're talking about 36 hours ago. At most, Portland was going crazy just to try to even be in this situation. So, again, if you're taking Portland here, I'm telling you right now, be very, very careful.
0: Well, I agree with Pops. I think that it's going to be a close game. And... Memphis is not going to back down from the challenge.
1: Not at all. Brandon Clark, Brandon Clark, I'm telling you guys. So my part, I appreciate you guys. I'm going to let Tati take the reins here. It's a big sports day, and we're off to go do some pretty fun stuff today. Yes, we are. Um, You know, I just, Tati, I'm very proud of you. I know you've done a few podcasts this week where I was not able to attend i think you're doing a great job your notes are second to none they actually look more beautiful than all those numbers to me indicate and i know you you're garnering more and more respect i mean this last week man there was sometimes i didn't even know that you were on ig live with different uh, people until i was shown it so uh, i appreciate your your commitment to hard work um, and all that you're doing uh, to continue to be exactly who you are so great job
0: Thank you, Pops. This is very sweet of you. Well, we got to wrap this up because we've got stuff to do. <laughs> um, so thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning in to episode 18 of the Daughter and Pops podcast. Everybody have a great rest of their Saturday, and we'll see you all tomorrow for Sunday.
1: Sounds good. We'll recap Daniel Cormier's championship win. Yeah. From the Against UFC. Stepe
0: Miocic. Stipe.
1: Stipe Miocic. So uh, great heavyweight championship fight. Great pay-per-view event. Um, credit the UFC for what they've done. Um, not in a, well, sort of bubble, sort of not. <laughs> so anyways, I'm going to go just because I don't want to go any further into that. We'll talk about that tomorrow. You guys all have a great rest of your day.
0: Okay. Bye everybody. Thank you.